For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can you hear me, Dave? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay. First of all, I want to apologize for, you know, hijacking your cast the other day. <laughs> when I heard it, um, I realized, you know, that I really sort of just took it over. So I, I apologize for that. But you shouldn't allow that to happen. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to accept all the blame. You should have told me to shut the fuck up if you didn't like what I was doing <laughs> or muted it my was, mic. It wasn't a problem. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I felt a little uncomfortable about that when I heard it. So. Yeah. Well, it, uh, there's a. I think there could be a problem, but so far it hasn't been. So. What do you mean? I don't think it was a problem right then. I, it, with with Barbara, I was actually a little bit relieved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I'm so sorry that we didn't get the whole thing, though. You know, because it. I feel a little unfair to her now because the only thing people are hearing is her going crazy they don't hear the 20 minutes before that where she sounded like a normal you know human language monkey you know right um so it would have been a hell of a lot more instructive to people if they'd seen the whole thing and it would have been more fair to her too you know yeah but well. that's the way it goes <laughs> Maybe she'll call up again, and you'll be sure to record the whole thing. <laughs> yes, and in fact, so you don't, you're not recording this. You well, don't this, expect anything interesting to happen right now, I guess, huh? Uh, not at the moment, no. Um, don't, I don't think you've, anybody... You've read Ken Wilburn, these people. What do you get in life? You get what you expect. <laughs> you know, if you prepare to get something great, you never can tell you might. But if you're assuming that nothing worth recording is going to happen, well, you want, you can bet that if anything does happen, you won't have recorded it. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. It is your cast, and here I am taking it over again. Why? <laughs> But I think it's important, see? I mean, I really do think this is significant. These conversations need to be made available to people. Mm -hmm. You know? This conversation needs to be a much wider and deeper conversation than just the few weirdos that you and I know, you know, who talk about it. Hmm. Actually, there might be a guy I could invite he's on my yahoo messenger you might be interested in reading uh oh he's idle right now yeah Never well mind. i'm not gonna stay I, I just wanted to come in and once again apologize for hijacking your room 
No, I think it might be a problem, but uh, so far it hasn't been. Yeah. But if it ever does become a problem, you will no, tell me. I'll I'm assuming good. that if you're if you don't like, I mean, because I do tend to just sort of take over. I mean, I understand that about myself, and if I can get away with it, I figure fine, you know. But I won't be offended. I mean, I'm never offended when someone tells me to back off. You know, then I realized, okay, now I know what I can get away with here. You know, <laughs> you know, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Well, and as I say, if 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 you just were saying nonsense, then that would be a problem. But generally, you have good things to say, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I would have handled her a little. I, I you know, again, I listened to that, or not the whole thing, but part of it. And uh, you know, I I think I could have been a little more, you know, uh, a little nicer, <laughs> you know, in my evaluation. <laughs> Instead of in you know interpreting it in the in the most harsh possible way, you know. But like I say, it's still I, I think it's instructive, you know. Well, when you said "let her go," Dave, did you mean cut her off? No, no, I meant no, mean, no, no. I meant let her talk. Let her talk. Okay, yeah, I wanted her to talk herself out, and then because then you can maybe do something. You know, sometimes they can go on for ten, fifteen minutes. I mean, they can just go on. It's an amazing show. I mean, just from that perspective to see how long you know it takes for their, them to run out of steam <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um and like i say and if, and if you just sit there and listen to it and you know then sometimes at the end of that you know there there's an opening you know <laughs> and you can't reason well, you know, i mean that's the thing is it's impossible to reason with with a runaway language machine, you know. I mean, there's no reasoning with a person in that state. Mm. You know, you have to just, they either have to just leave or, you know, run through the whole process until they're out of energy, you know, at which point there is, like I say, sometimes a possibility to do a little programming. Mm. Yeah, it's a skill, it's a dance. You have to get yeah. graceful with it. Yeah. Well, it's one I'm still learning. It's, uh, you know, it's never been easy. But but the, actually, the crazier they are, the easier it is, really, as far as I can see. It's the people who are very clever and and uh, have a lot of uh, under-the-covers agendas going on that are, uh, that are scary, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in also. Sometimes yeah. I'd rather not deal with it, and sometimes I'm okay with yeah. it. So. Well, I generally don't like to deal with it, but when I find myself faced with it, then the option is to how can I use this uh, as a teaching uh, tool, you know. <laughs> but generally, like I say, I wouldn't even have talked to her to begin with, probably. But which is a shortcoming on my part because then I would have missed the opportunity to have this great lesson, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> you know. But I don't need any more of them lessons. I've had enough of them. <laughs> I learned that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the Buddha that annoys me is still a Buddha. So. Well, yeah, it's Bob looking through everybody's eyes, including her, you know. So, 
you know, yeah, that's what Bob's doing right there. You know, sometimes it's a little amazing when you realize, that, you know, just how weird Bob can get. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, I enjoyed meeting uh, Kathy, though. Uh, oh, Kathy's great. She's a, she's a good grounding influence, you know. And she's a good. Well, again, like you, you, you know, like I say you're far more good-willed than I am. You know, I'm more sort of matter-of-fact, hard science. Let's get on with it. Don't tell me your sad story, kind of guy. You know, right. very, very low tolerance for people's whining. You know, but like I say, uh, it's good that there are actually nice people in the world who will put up with that bullshit because you know that can be very helpful to people. <laughs> and it's just not my job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it takes me a little while before I get a, a, a groove together to be able to explain what it is that's in my mind. Uh huh. Well, that's always a struggle for me. I'm getting a little better at it now, but I've been working on that for 40 years, you know. And like I say, I'm beginning to feel fairly confident about it. But it's only been in the last two or three years, really, that I've started to feel, you know, that I can. You know, handle just about any kind of situation, you know, and, and confidently, you know. But uh, that's relatively new experience. Yeah, well, I, I always have the expectation that it gets easier with time, and so far it has. Yeah, and, and if you continue to, you know, do your side of the work, it will. It'll continue. You will continue to... D you know, deepen your wisdom and your understanding and your sympathy and your love and all that stuff, you know. All those <laughs> things that don't exist, <laughs> you will deepen them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I thought, I, I mean, the last conversation we were having, I thought we were actually getting towards somewhere. I don't think I was explaining exactly what I had in mind correctly, mm -hmm. but... Um, uh, Which conversation are you talking about? Uh, the one with Kathy, I was trying to explain... Oh, you uh, mean at the end uh, of that conversation, you mean? Yeah. After Barbara end. left, and then you and I talked for a while, and then Kathy came in at the end, and... Yeah. Talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, um, you were quibbling with my uh, emphasis on on improvement of the body. You remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Well, I wasn't quibbling. I was disagreeing. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was yeah, disagreeing I with what sounded like a sort of dogmatic statement about every case, and that I just actually yeah. that, that just 
you know, I mean, something may be generally true, but it certainly isn't true for everybody in every case. You know, it's just, so it's just, I think those kinds of statements always have to be qualified that in most cases, you know. That's true. That's true. I should always, you know, um, it, it's, it's difficult because you just want to get on with the state. Yeah, so. yeah, I know. But the problem is you're dealing with a bunch of unconscious language monkeys who can't make those subtle distinctions, so you have to make them for them. Otherwise, if they agree with you, they turn into true believers instead of thinkers. Well, that's my opinion anyway. Yeah, I don't want to change people's beliefs. I don't want to change them from believing in Christianity to believing in the stuff I'm talking about. You know, I want to kill belief itself. Do you, do you have the feeling that uh, something is actually cognitively wrong? I think I mentioned this last time we were talking, though. I, I really do think the human beings alive today in 2008 are not cognitively the same uh, as they were like like 200 years ago. Oh, I think oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's. I think that goes without question to be true. Yes. Mm. Are you putting a positive spin or a negative spin on that? No, I'm, I'm not putting any spin on. It. I'm just saying it's different. The world is. We live in a different universe. Mm. Two hundred well, years ago, that was a different universe. The way I, I, I think about it is, is I think, uh, you know, all the studies are that we're just loaded up with, with toxins from around the time we're like four or five. And, you know, fluoride in the water and, and yeah, a million mercury yeah. poisoning. Yeah. And I think it has had an impact on us cognitively, actually. Yeah, I think it probably does. But uh, I would say the best minds of today are there are probably a higher percentage of the population uh, than they were 200 years ago. And I'd say their minds are as good as any minds that ever existed on this planet. Mm. Uh, I'm not, uh, people have made the, the uh, observation of uh, if you go back and and read the transcripts of like the the Lincoln Douglas debates, mm -hmm. and and these people who didn't have television or radio and and would just attend in the town hall debates, and the the actual debates would go on for hours, hours yeah, right, hours, yeah, and all these yeah. extraordinarily complex arguments. And the, the the people would follow yeah. would follow them. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's what I. Now I've read that. I don't know how true it is. I mean, they know that people sat there. And but then they would have it. questions. Well, maybe. Yeah, but not all of them. I wonder what percentage of them actually could follow them. Which percentage of them went away with a, in a daze, just like they showed up <laughs> in a daze. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'd be, you could probably, there are probably ways to explore that and find out. Yeah, but you're talking about something quite simple, though, as attention span. And, of course, that's gone way down just in the last 50 years, thank you, television and advertisers, <laughs> you know, and movies. So, yeah, that's, you see, and that may be true. Again, you can't judge the whole world by what we see here in South California. You know, it may be quite true in other parts of the world that people have much better attention spans in cultures that aren't, you know, quite as silly as ours. You know. mm. Although I don't know that to be true either. Mm-hmm. Well, it would well, help. I mean, we... the whole idea of class of classical music. I mean, of people going to a concert and listening to a piece of music that takes an hour that's in four movements. You know, and sitting there through that whole thing and listening to it, you know, without, you know, talking and jumping up and down and doing everything. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, but of course there are people that still do that. There are people that, that are capable of that, but it's, and it may always have been a small percentage of people. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe it's not really changed. Maybe, you know, well, again, I don't know. You know, and, and reading, the ability to read a book, you know. I mean, very few people read nowadays. <laughs> they just scan a web page. Yeah, well, but I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as they read the paper, they scan stuff, they get information, but the idea of a sustained single intellectual thread to pursue it for a couple of weeks in a book, uh, you know, I don't know what percentage of Americans do that, but I'm sure it's way less than 5%. Sure. Not that they couldn't do that, but they're brain damaged. They've been brought up, you know, in, a, in, a, in an environment uh, where that, you know, where they're just simply not trained or prepared to do that kind of stuff, so they don't, and they can't. Maybe they could if they wanted to, but they don't even want to. <laughs> sure. So it kind of makes me despair a little to wonder how many people are actually going to be receptive to anything. Oh, I well, very few. Very few. That's why I put my – I keep – you know, saying that I'd much rather worry about bringing up the next generation of children than trying to change adults. Because I think, mm -hmm. although I think that may change over the next 20 or 30, right now things are still not bad enough here to force people to rethink things, you know. But, you know, when the electricity goes off and their TV is off the air and that they can't use that to numb their minds anymore, um you know, when when they've lost their job and their house and they're standing in the food line with a bunch of other people who, you know, a year earlier lived in Irvine, um, you know, the audience might change its opinion at that point, you know. I think that's when it's going to get dangerous, though, is that some of them are going to get a lot more dangerous, you know, and retrenched into this American patriot right-wing Christian Nazi group that wants to go back to the past, and but you know, so some are going to move that way, and but some um, in a greater percentage will be willing to rethink everything, you know. So you shouldn't give up because there's all you know, any individual can wake up at any moment, 
Uh, it's just that I think it's a really small percentage right now. You'll be doing, you know, I mean, I did trainings and seminars for 20 years, and I don't know, how, you know, if, not big time, but, you know, small time stuff. And I probably trained a couple thousand people over uh, 20 years, and I think maybe three or four of them actually got it. Hmm. You know, the rest were entertained. They understood the ideas. They smiled at the right places and laughed at the right places and went, ooh, at the right places and uh, went out thinking that it was very entertaining and interesting and didn't make one bit of difference. At least not the kind of difference I was looking for. And like I say, out of a couple thousand people, you know, maybe, I mean, there may have been more that I'm not aware of, but I'm only aware of like three to five. Yeah. Right. But I think that's changing, though. I think the odds are much better now. I think if I, you know, if you gave me the same amount of time with uh, a couple thousand people now, I think that the numbers would be considerably higher, maybe in the tens. You know, 20, 30 people maybe or something, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't really have a good idea of what it is that really does change people. No, that's what I'm saying is we don't, that's that technology of consciousness that hasn't developed yet. We simply don't know how to talk about this stuff in an effective way. If we did, the world would already be enlightened. You know, if the way of talking about enlightenment and spreading it, if it actually worked, uh, by this time, the whole world would be enlightened. But clearly, it doesn't work. The way they've been talking about it for the last couple thousand years has been a complete and utter, well, not a complete failure. It's just almost a complete failure. It's, it's kept it alive. But I don't think the methods or the, the lineages really have much to do with that. Like I say, my waking up came completely fucking out of the blue. I wasn't looking for it, wasn't asking for it, didn't even know what the hell it was. You know? And, um, and there it was, you know? So I'm not sure, you know, and I know people who have been chronic Buddhists for 40 years who meditate every day and go to the ashrams and, you know, go on retreats and are very holy and nice and eat food perfectly and do their yoga every day. And, uh, you know, they still believe everything they hear their language machine say. <laughs> so... I don't know what it's, yeah, that's it. I think we need to know what it is. What is it that works? <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. clearly we don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and from all the studies we've done, nothing really seems to work. Well, really I, well. I think cleaning up the language is, is not something, well, it's a negative thing. It's like removing the obstacles from it happening. I, I don't think I can make it happen, but I think I can help people reduce the obstacles that prevent it from occurring. Yeah, it seems to me that it's a, naturally, it's a natural event in a human being if they're not brain damaged this should it should emerge naturally is just you know first you know you you know you're five years old and you learn language and then you reach puberty and then uh, sometime in your 30s you uh, get enlightened you know it's just like the standard you know late tw i think probably late 20s early 30s after you get done with the sex thing you got to run the sex thing into the ground and then uh, at, after that's done, then uh, then you go on to the next phase. And I think it's 
perfectly natural. And we just had the problem is our cultures uh, actually put the brakes on that process and see it as a form of pathology, and we're not prepared. You know, I mean, imagine if, if eight-year-olds were, if there was a big taboo about sexuality. Well, that's, wait a minute, that's the way it is. <laughs> but what if there was no talk about puberty or sexual desire and it was all repressed? And, you know, what kind of fucking world would that create? It's a perfectly well, natural process, you know. Well, that's well, pretty, pretty much, much that's pretty much the world we have. You know? <laughs> but I mean, that's what I'm saying is I think uh, that uh, enlightenment is as natural as sexuality. But our culture has defined all of the attributes of it as some sort of sickness. And so, uh, you know, all those na the natural tendencies to wake up are, are repressed. Mm -hmm. And language is, like I say, from my perspective, one of the primary things that holds the hallucination in place. is our identification with the voice in our head. We think that's who we are. It would also help if we, we had some models to base ourselves on. There's some psychological theories that we model ourselves on others around us yeah that's how we learn yeah. uh to grow and develop and acquire skills and interpersonal skills mm -hmm. and so on yeah and if we have models for sexuality we model ourselves up on sexuality yeah. uh using the models yeah and if we have models for enlightenment and awakening yeah. and yeah. consciousness right. Yeah. But those models aren't in this culture. So well, we, we don't do. Have well, but we are beginning to get them now, though. I mean, that, that's not true. They're not here. They're they're not as good as Britney Spears and sexuality models. I saw a couple little. Honestly, God, they must have been thirteen or fourteen year old girls in Starbucks today, and they dress like fucking whores. <laughs> you know. I mean, they were actually pretty good looking for fourteen. You know, nice little tits. You know, and a nice ass and. Little tiny short skirts, you know, and these really revealing, you know, really slutty clothes. You know? I'm thinking, what the fuck? Where are their parents that would let them go out dressed like that? You know, it's just shocking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's all over the place. Now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's welcome to America. Yeah. It's just, it's standard, uh, standard cultural practice. It's just pathetic, you know? Well, you know, another interesting thing about what you just brought up is throughout all history, the only input a child had was the people in his village. So all of his role models for assholes and for heroes were real people, real nice guys who did stuff in their village and real drunken assholes who beat the shit out of people in their village, but real people with real motives and real lives. Now... People get their their role models from television, fictional characters that are written by people who are there being paid by advertisers to sell product. <laughs> 
And so what you get is attitude. People, children imitate attitude with nothing that underneath it. You know, I mean, in, in the past, if, if a, someone in your village had an attitude, they had an attitude that developed out of their real life. But now uh, TV characters have attitude written in as a kind of style. And then people imitate the attitude, but haven't got a clue about what might be generating. Or they have, there is nothing generating the attitude. It's just attitude that's imitated. A way of walking, a way of, of talking or curling your lip or, you know, all of that shit. Uh, children are, are basing their lives on fictional characters now instead of real people, real complex people. What has that done to our culture, to generations of kids? Well, but, but basically, this is since the end of World War II that this has become so prevalent. That you know, so the the so-called boomer generation uh, has grown up uh, basing their concepts of self on fictional characters written by writers paid by you know uh, Coca-Cola and various other advertisers who pay for these series on TV. Well, listen, Dave, I think um, I'm, I've got some stuff to do here. got some files to edit and all sorts of things. So um, right. enjoy your cast, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sure thing. Right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.